All right, welcome to Car Thoughts with David. I'm your host, as always, David Calvert, and I've got with me, and this is a first for me, I'm actually introducing uh, two people. I've got uh, Jennifer Rock and Michael Voss. Uh, they are the co-authors of the book Operation Clusterpuck, a BS Incorporated novel, and um, it's a great book. I just got done reading it uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, and um, really enjoyed it uh, working in the corporate world. And uh, so, guys, if you'd just like to introduce yourself, and so we'll get this uh, get this conversation on the road. Thanks, David. Thanks for having us. Yeah, uh, so Mike and I um, have written two books. Uh, the first one was called BS Incorporated, and the second one, as you said, is Operation Cluster Puck. And uh, the two of us spent a combined 45 years working in corporate America in uh, professional communications jobs. So we worked a lot with the CEOs and the, the top of corporations, um, spent a lot of time behind closed doors and board of director meetings and on corporate jets. And we took a lot of notes. So um, we turned both of those, ex- you know, all of that experience into our two books, which are loosely based on uh, some real life experiences that we have had and some of the crazy things we've seen in corporate America. And uh, on the side, we uh, run a, a communications agency where we still work with companies. But uh, definitely the, the books are our main focus and why we're here today. Fantastic, fantastic. Yeah, and I forgot about the uh, the first book when I was mentioning that, but but yeah, I mean it's um you know it's definitely and if I, and I was telling you guys this before uh, we started the interview, you know I definitely could relate to these books uh, working in corporate America, and I think that anyone who's ever worked uh, in an office environment can definitely relate and enjoy these books just because the these stories you can definitely find like people that you know that you've worked with that uh, that are are alive in this book. Uh, they just have different names, you know, to protect the uh, the innocent or however it went on the old uh, Rescue 911 move uh, shows. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And that's that's some of the most common feedback we get from our readers is that, oh my gosh, I work with people just like this, or it seems like you snuck into my company and took notes and went and wrote a book about what I experience every day. And, and that's really what we set out to do, to, to write an entertaining story um, with that feels real, um, but we have some fun with it, and uh, and that you enjoy reading it while while sort of taking in some some deeper themes and lessons along the way. So, uh, what brought you guys into writing? Were you always uh, looking to write a book at some point, or was this just something where you like we've got so many crazy stories we need to capture this, or how did that all come about to start? Yeah, so so Mike and I worked together at Best Buy headquarters here in Minneapolis for about 12 years. And each of us separately, since we were both like little kids, you know, always wanted to write, always were involved in writing. And I was writing poetry and, you know, Mike was writing um, cute little stories for the kids on the school bus, you know, all growing up separately. Um, so at Best Buy, you know, actually the absolute true story is that we attended a really horrible corporate meeting together. We escaped. Uh, we went to a bar patio. We had a couple of cocktails. We started swapping stories and realized that both of us had always had this dream to write some kind of a book and then realized, just like you said, that between the two of us, we had enough stories. Like, I, I think we could turn this into I think we could turn it into a novel. I can, uh, having worked at Best Buy, of course, not in the corporate setting, but uh, I definitely can vouch for it. There's definitely plenty of good stories that come through there. Um, I, I actually created a website uh, for people when I worked at, well, what was 
Plus, which then becoming the Geek Squad, that actually was called How to Break Your Computer. And so it was kind of a joking website where I would send people, like, afterwards, like, hey, go check this out, you know, when they bring in their computers. And they'd have, like, like one I know, it had, like, 52,000 computer viruses on it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And it was like, I'm not even sure how you pulled that off. So I would, like, write little stories on how to accomplish that for people so that they would kind of get, like, a reverse um, psychology. <laughs> like, okay, this is what you did, so don't do that next time type of situation. So, yeah, I, I actually have the best of my stories myself. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, that's really cool. So, um, so you both wrote separately growing up, but that's really cool. I mean, have you guys, I mean, ever tried to write a book before? Um, either of you, like, uh, before you started this one, or was this your first time you ever really, like, took it seriously to try and say, okay, yeah, I'm going to write a book? For me personally, I had uh, dabbled a few times when I was younger in my my early 20s and, uh, you know, would sit down at, uh, and I'm aging myself here, but sit down at the typewriter and, uh, you know, try and, and try and pound out a few pages. And, and I would quickly realize that I didn't really have, um, A, the the commitment to stick through it all the way. But I think also at that time, I lacked the life experiences to really have something to draw upon and realize that I really had a story to tell. So, um, I, you know, set the dream aside for a couple of decades again until running across, um, Jennifer and realizing that we sort of, uh, shared the same idea on how to approach it. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. I, I know sometimes when it comes to writing, you're like, I've, you've got this idea and then that just, uh, doesn't work out. So you just got to kind of shelf it. I, I, similar experiences in writing myself and, uh, yeah, it's definitely one of those, um, you know, you definitely have to be committed to sit down and do it because it's one of those things that, you know, nobody's going to be like, unless I guess you guys were co-authoring, so you probably were like cheering each other on. But if you're doing it by yourself, it's kind of like you're your own cheerleader. So you got to keep kind of like, okay, you got to get up, you got to write, you got to sit down <laughs> and actually write. Um, definitely, definitely. So, so. Of these stories that you guys uh, shared, like, is there one that was, like, your favorite or, uh, like, a funnier story than others in the books that you, like, is, like, you know, your top story, I guess you could say? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to go back to the first book, BS Incorporated, and it, it happens on, like, page two of that of that book, where, um, and I swear this is an absolutely true story, um, that happened at a corporation that we worked for, where um, we were figuring out from our security team that people were having um, inappropriate relations in the stairwell at uh, during work hours um, and uh, doing what they shouldn't be doing, um, canoodling, shall we say, in the stairwells at work. And as a, as communications people, it was our job to write a memo telling people, hey, um, you're not supposed to have sex in the stairwell at work um, without actually using those words. And so we had to couch that in a lot of talk about respect and appropriate work behavior, but everybody kind of knew what was going on. Absolutely true story. And um, and we kick off the first book with that. And that's always the story everybody always asks, like, oh, you made that up, right? Like, that can't be true. Nope, that's actually one of the true ones. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, that, that definitely is one of those things I can imagine would be really hard to write an email to, like, tell people to not do without going out and saying, 
sure you guys, like you said, you probably had quite a bit of uh, time trying to figure out how to word that properly so that didn't just come out and say it. Um, well, and you know, the, the deal with that was that it, it's a memo that you never think you would have to write. Like you would have to remind people that this is inappropriate workplace behavior. Right. Like the fact, the fact that we had to point out that that was inappropriate was part of the issue. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely something you don't think about. Like, well, you know, as as part of my job, I'm going to have to tell people not to do this, 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 and this. And, you know, there's certain things just, like you said, just don't make that list. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly right. Very cool. Yeah, and I mean, you know, and like reading some of the emails in the book, um, you know, the, the communications and stuff, you know, I totally can, uh, can relate to those and, and like probably, and I don't want to spoil any of the ending or anything, but I'm just going to say like, I really like in, in this particular book, you know, your second one, the very last section of the book, the last part, the last email, I was like, yep, I've actually seen that happen before. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that with your uh, with your Geek Squad experience that you've uh, you've seen and uh, and been a part of some of those IT struggles that uh, that so many companies and so many employees struggle through. So we're we're glad you appreciated that little tidbit. Oh yeah, yeah, and of course I've been in IT uh, ever since. Now I'm in you know, the corporate environment, so so yeah, I see that quite a bit. Where it's like, oh, okay, well, yeah, this is no longer important anymore, but okay. <laughs> well, and. And because you're in IT and we skewer IT pretty hard in Operation Cluster Puck, so thank you for still agreeing to talk to us. <laughs> because it's nothing personal against IT. We we uh, are equal opportunity harpooners. We, we pretty much skewer everybody in corporate America, so it is certainly not limited to IT, but IT is a pretty easy target sometimes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, certainly is because, uh, you know, IT is something I kind of fell into. I, I was really good at working with computers, so it wasn't ever like a live stream. I wanted to be a rock star. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, and of course, that kept falling by the wayside uh, as bands I was in kept breaking up as we'd start to get somewhere. So, you know, I kind of just fell back on IT as like, a, like you know, those that can't do, do IT. <laughs> and, um, but yeah, so I definitely, I've made plenty of jokes about you know, my own department, because there's just so many unusual rules and systems and, and very, very interesting people, uh, let's say, in, in the IT community. So, so yeah, I found myself uh, people watching uh, at my own jobs uh, many times and, and enjoying humor at their expense without them knowing about it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you should be a novelist. Uh, well, I'm actually starting into that. I've, I've wrote, uh, I've actually wrote a science fiction novel uh, that I just published earlier in the year myself, and um, and I've thought about doing something more story driven, sort of like this. I just haven't come across the inspiration, so to speak, to to kick off that to how I want to word it or, or, or write it. That's that's very cool, and you, you know you you've probably heard it from a lot of people too, as as we've said and heard from others. Um, you know, everybody seems to have a book in them, like, oh, I should write a book, and oh, I've seen so many things, I should write a book, and and really, um, you know, I would tell your listeners or, or um, anyone that uh, you just have to start. You know, people are so hard on themselves, and they are so, um, they're their own worst critics, and they put a couple words on paper and think, oh, that's not good enough. It's like, nope, just let it out, just just write. Um, you, you can't 
write a book without getting some words on paper. And um, sometimes that's just half the battle is, is just putting some words on paper and giving it a start. Um, you know, it, it, you might have a lot of unfinished ideas, but um, it's a way that you get comfortable with writing. And there's so many awesome stories out there that uh, that should be on paper that um, I would inc- highly encourage anybody who, you know, has got the story in them, just, just sit down and just start writing. Oh, absolutely. And I think I think a lot of people, uh, when it comes to writing, have this, um, and I've mentioned this on the on the uh, show before when I've just done solo episodes. Is a lot of people have this perception of what a writer is, and they mm. think, well, I'm not that person. You know, I don't sure. fit into that mold. Um, you know, if you see on like writers on TV, they're usually troubled or or you know, <laughs> mental problems or or. Alcoholics or you know whatever, and they they have these weird personas that that writers give them in television. Uh, a lot of writers aren't like that; they're just normal people that, like you said, just. Yeah, and I think I think too, David. The uh, one of the other um, misperceptions is um, is that you have to be immensely talented to be successful as a writer, and and certainly you want the ability to to string a few words together. But I think the biggest key to success really is the perseverance and and the sticking with it, and taking advice and being willing willing to revise the work. Um, so there there's a huge sort of commitment and work ethic aspect to it. Um, certainly, you know, someone like a, a Stephen King or a J.K. Rowling are, you know, it's serious talents. Um, but but I think, you know, a lot of us have it in us, as Jennifer was saying. And um, sometimes it's just a matter of sticking with it and seeing it through. You know, it's like, like you guys said, everybody life experience of what you're sitting there thinking like you should share that with people. You know, you know, a lot of people say that. And, you know, I think you hit on a good point about having a a good editor, too, is, um, you know, we are big proponents of surrounding yourself with smart people. And, you know, it's it's finding good editors. It's finding good, you know, beta readers who will read some of your early drafts and things and, and, and give you some, you know, tough love if you need it, to give you some hard advice if you need it. Um, but certainly just to give you feedback. Um, and, you know, we are fortunate um, in having a co-author in each other where, you know, I can write something and, and give it to Mike and say, 
um, you know, is, can this be funnier? Should this be, you know, something else is, um, is this the right direction we want to go? And so, um, if you don't have a co-author, I would totally suggest at least finding a, a good reader or editor who can be that sounding board for you. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And one thing I did with mine is I actually started posting it initially out as blog posts. Oh, so great. I would, you know, people would actually, uh, would actually read it. And they're like, oh, my gosh, when's the next chapter coming out? I'm like, I, uh, soon. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great, so great way to create demand. Yeah, and, I mean, it worked really well. I had a bunch of people who actually would read it, and they'd send me feedback. They'd email me, reach out to me, and they're like, oh, I really like this, or I like this, or I can't wait to hear where this goes. That, I had no idea what I was doing. I just woke up one morning, and I was like, I'm going to write a book. So, you know, I was like, okay, I'll figure out the rest as I go. But the important part, you know, is how the game started. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. We uh, we 100% agree. Yeah. So, um, so as far as this goes, you know, you got these two books out. And now that you've started, you said you're focusing on this. Are there more books to come down the road? Do you have more stories to tell? this or are you going to try a different type of series of books well we are we are definitely going to uh write a third book and hopefully a fourth and a fifth beyond that the, the question we haven't yet answered for ourselves yet david is whether we we continue with this series of of bsi or business solutions uh incorporated um novels um and whether we stick with these same characters in this same company and keep it going like we have with the first two, or if we, we go to in a somewhat uh, slightly different direction. And what we're really um, looking for is our readers to kind of guide us on that. We've gotten, we've, we're so fortunate. We've gotten great reviews from both books and people really seem to enjoy them. Um, and right now we're, we're just busy, you know, out talking about both of them and we haven't made a determination on exactly what we're going to do for book three yet. Yeah, without a doubt, we, it, you know, as writers, we can spend a lot of time, a lot of time in our own minds if we're not careful. So that's, again, where um, Jennifer and I find it really useful to have a co-author and why I think um, every, every, anyone who's serious about writing a book needs to find a good editor or, you know, at least some, some uh, beta readers who will give them some good, honest feedback. That's the thing, like you guys said, about giving the tough love and honest feedback, because it's it's so important when you're writing, you know, because you get stuck too too far into your own mind and you start writing off on a tangent, and someone's like, I'm not really sure where you're going with this. You need to kind of come back come back in the lines. You know, you had a good thing going here, and then you just went straight into left field, and I'm not even sure where you're at now. I think you're in the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and totally, David, you know, our first manuscript for our first book was twice as long as it should be. And it was really boring. I mean, there was a lot of 
you know, deep detail into what it's like to sit into a cor- sit in a corporate meeting. And nobody wants to sit in a corporate meeting in real life, much less actually read about somebody sitting in a corporate meeting. I mean, good Lord, what were we thinking? So, um, so yeah, it, it, it really takes, I think, a few steps back and somebody to say, I see where you're going here, but, you know, let's fix it and let's pare this down and let's, you know, let's take you in the right direction. And, and a lot of times that's just somebody outside of you who isn't as close to the story. Yeah, and I, I think, honestly, if anyone had not ever worked in a corporate environment where they've been to a meeting like that, if you had it that serious where it was like just like being in a real meeting, there's probably a lot of people that actually would not believe that that's actually <laughs> what they're like. Uh, because until you've actually experienced the corporate meeting, um, there's no words for to describe <laughs> what you've gone through. It's, it's like, uh, you know... It's like a close encounter of the third kind or something, to be honest, uh, in my opinion. <laughs> it's, I always saw it like on TV when I was growing up, and I'm like, I can't be like that. That's that's not possible. And then, you know, now I'm like, yep, that's exactly the way it is. <laughs> yep, absolutely. So um, I'm trying to think. I was, there was something I was going to ask you guys about the book, and I'm trying to think of it. It just left my mind. Um, so apologize, but, uh, um, you know, when you went to get, cause I know this is, uh, something, you know, a lot of, you know, my listeners who are, are aspiring writers, uh, as well, you know, when you went to, um, you know, shop this book for, for publishers, you know, what was kind of like the way that, um, you know, what was the response you got when you were trying to go and find a publisher for your book or, did, or was this self-published? Yeah. And so, you know, anybody who's, who's out there thinking about publishing a book, um, publishing is a, is a complex industry. It, it moves much slower than you would wish. It's also highly competitive. Um, and so if you're going to, and what we did first is to go, um, to try to find a mainstream publisher. So that's like a penguin or a random house or, you know, the big publishers that you've heard of, we did get some interest um, from uh, some New York publishers, got some great feedback, and that was great. Um, didn't end up finding a niche for us in a mainstream publisher. Um, but in between self-publishing and mainstream publishing is where we found our home, which here locally in Minneapolis um, is, is a hybrid publisher um, that really takes the best of mainstream publishing and self-publishing and allows you to kind of um, look at a menu of services in terms of publishing um, where you end up getting all the profits from your book sales on the back end. So um, I would just highly recommend if you are looking at publishing your own book, um, look at the wide variety of options that are available to you um, from small presses to the great big um, publishing houses and everything in between um, and, and just do your research and, and find a good niche for yourself that's going to be a, a good home um, for your book and somebody who cares about your story as much as you do. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's, I think that's super important because like, uh, you know, I've got, like I said, my science fiction novels out, I've got publishers I've still yet to hear from, hear from uh, yeah. that, I, that I actually submit my book from. It's still in review process and I'm like, okay, well, I guess they might get back to me at some point. So, yeah. Yeah, and we were shopping our first book, I don't know, four or five years ago, it seems like now, and I think there are still publishers on that list we've never heard back from. It is a painful process. So, um, yeah, I would just 
again, do your research and I would just tell your listeners to, uh, um, to have patience and perseverance because you need both. Yeah. It, it's, it seems like it's a longer process than you think it should be. I, I think it's probably the best way I've ever heard it described. <laughs> without a doubt, without a doubt. So, I mean, got uh, you know, some ideas for some upcoming books. Um, as far as stories in the other books, you mentioned the first story in the first book, but what's a story like that really stands out to you in the second book? I'm, I'm curious, I'm, since this is the only one I've read so far. Um, you know, as, uh, I, I need to go back and read the first one now. <laughs> Uh, you know, I've actually got got a story that we we have had on our radar and have not been able to squeeze into either book yet. Um, it's sort of a, a horrifyingly funny story, I guess. Um, I worked uh, for a company. I was it was a big company, and we I worked as part of a large department, 70, 80 people, and uh, we we went through layoffs. And uh, those of us sort of in the lower ranks didn't really know what was going on. We were just seeing people get called into their offices and, and or called into the bosses office and then would come out and pack up their things and go and start leaving. And they called those of us, uh, us, we survivors, they called us together at the end of the day in a meeting room and said, you know, here's what happened. We had to cut costs. We reduced a number of positions. And then they put up on a PowerPoint slide on the screen in the front of the room, here's the names of all the people that uh, that got let go today, including the name, I'll just say, um, Joe Smith. Well, it turns out Joe was sitting in the front row of the meeting. Nobody had actually alerted him that his job had been lost. So he sees his name on the screen. He pops up, storms out of the room with HR and his manager, you know, trailing after trying to catch up to him. So um, a lot can go wrong, even uh, even in the, the best plans uh, in corporate America. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I have actually um, I've been in meetings like that. Uh, not one where the. Uh, the person, one of the people actually was still there <laughs> in the meeting. I have not been in one of those yet. That would be, I would be terrified to be in, in that position to, to be sitting there and be like, wait a second, that's how my name's spelled. That's really weird. <laughs> right, <laughs> I yeah. didn't know there were two David Calverts that work here. Well, <laughs> I guess he's having a bad day. Oh, wait. That's <laughs> Isn't that awful? Yeah. It's a, it's just one of those stories again that, you know, We've got a folder full of them, and um, definitely were enough for two novels, probably more, um, because there's no shortage of things like that that happen in in big, crazy companies. Yes, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. And I've I've worked in uh, one one environment. I worked in. Uh, they didn't even actually call you in uh, to the to the to HR. Uh, basically, it was at a call center. You'd go to lunch. When you come back to lunch, there'd be a white box sitting on your desk, uh, a paper filing box. And that's how you kind of found out that you got let go. You'd, you'd see that on your desk, and then you would come, you know, you'd go straight to HR, and they'd be like, yeah, we're letting you go. You're being laid off. It's like, uh, the... <laughs> well, so that's that, terrible. That was, yeah, yeah, because we were, I mean, like, like literally, like, you know, because uh, the, the, center was going through quite a few layoffs at that time so like everybody was like on a knife's edge of like when they would um 
you know, if they come back from lunch and just have this, the white box on their desk and they're like, oh man. So, uh, you know, even a couple of people had talked about like doing a practical joke on people like, Hey, I'm just going to get one of these boxes and put it on their desk just to mess with them. I'm like, no, 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 that's a bad idea. That's, that's probably the worst thing you could do to somebody. <laughs> yeah, that would, that would not, uh, yeah, that probably would not go over well. And I tell you what, if I ever worked in that environment, I would eat lunch at my desk every day. You're not getting rid of me. <laughs> yeah, mo- most people actually got to the point, I believe, where they did that. I was I was kind of pragmatic about it because I was like, well, if I'm going to get laid off, there's really nothing I can do about it, so I might as well at least enjoy my lunch. So, <laughs> there you but, go. Uh, and, and some people some people had that that same outlook as well. But yeah, it was it was always one of those moments where you're walking back in, you're kind of like peeking around the corner, like trying to scope out your desk before you get there, so you kind of know before you walk over there and sit down. And uh, yeah, that was very. Very uh, tough environment, but uh, that was thankfully I'm not there anymore. <laughs> well, you know, it, and it's those kind of stories that, you know, we, we have in our workplace novels. And it's it's a reason why, um, you know, Amazon has categorized us under dark humor, because when you're in, when you're in a situation like that, like the white box situation, um, it's horrible and it's terrifying, but when you have a little time and distance away from it, you can look back at that and go, that was almost hilarious how awful that was. And that's kind of the basis of our books is like, let's just take a step back and realize how awful corporate America can be to people and how like dark, funny it can be. Yes. Yeah. And, and once you realize that you can kind of, you know, it kind of lightens the whole mood of the idea of working in corporate America. You, you now have this, this um, picture that you guys painted of, you know, looking at it from the, the funny side or, or from the dark humor side uh, in the Amazon's uh, categorization, you know, to kind of say, oh yeah, you know what, this is kind of silly, you know, because a lot of people take stuff like that really seriously, you know, in most jobs and, get really down about it but it's good to kind of be able to laugh about it to the point where you're like okay you know if this happens whatever you know apparently i'm not alone i'm not you know where i work whatever you know it's not unique it's it's a normal everybody goes through this so you know let's just enjoy the job while we can and you know go from there yeah, and that's that's a big big part of what we wanted to accomplish with the books, and a big part of what we hear from our readers is that you know they they do feel a sense of uh, camaraderie that when they read the books and feel like yep everyone's going through it I'm not the only one going through this and the only way to you know the best way to handle it is to to be able to laugh about it. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I mean you know and you know, that's, that's what you gotta do. Cause I mean, I think a lot of times, you know, we as individuals, even not speaking from a work perspective, but, uh, on an individual level, a lot of times we, uh, compartmentalize things and, and keep stuff to ourselves Cause we think we're the only people going through this in the whole world. We think we're all islands and, uh, you know, at the same time, you know, there's tons of people who've gone through the exact same circumstances. We just don't know their story. Exactly. And that's what happy hours are for, right? <laughs> Everybody needs a, a group of good people you can go to happy hour with and be able to exchange some of these stories and realize like, oh, I'm not the only one who's feeling this way. That's that's a lot of times what gets us through the work experience. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, it has it has certainly been a pleasure talking to the both of you guys and having you on the show. Um, what is the best way as when you know, to find your books, to get in touch with you guys, to learn more about what you're doing and to keep in touch as far as for, 
you know, future installments of either extensions of this book or new books. <laughs> yeah, sure. Thank you. Thank you again for having us on. Um, so you can find BS Incorporated or Operation Cluster Puck um, anywhere that ebooks and paperbacks are sold. So Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, iBooks. Um, again, any any of those formats uh, are available anywhere that you would buy a book. And you can also uh, reach out to us directly or buy a book uh, through our website directly, which is rockandvossbooks.com. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. Fantastic, fantastic. Well, it has certainly been an honor and a pleasure having you guys on the show, and thank you. Thank you, David. Appreciate it. Attention, all veterans, active duty, military, and first responders. Have you or your spouse been looking for a secondary income stream or just some additional funds for whatever you need? Hi, I'm Jason Jean, the founder of Tattered Beans, a coffee company that donates directly to you, the veterans, active duty military, and first responders. When someone buys coffee under your profile, you make money directly. Simple as that. Submit your profile at submit.tatteredbeans.com or go buy coffee to support the mission and someone you know at tatterbeans.com. Thank you.